Cool, cool. So, Sterling's not here today, so we don't have our typical news dump from our <laughs> fearless leader. So what do we have to talk about, Heather, if anything? Well, I hear that you were not around to be able to watch the Golden Globes and that you're a little bit behind on results from that. And this is true. So there were a couple that I figured you would actually be like super excited about as far as who won. So I just thought we could kind of go through some of the results and see, you know, how you feel about who won for certain categories. So works for me. Works for me. Let's go. I mean, I hear it. Well, I think that the the biggest, like most exciting one that I feel like most people were excited about was Angela Bassett. And I don't know if you had heard about that one, but yeah, Angela Bassett won for supporting actress. So that was yeah. the one that I heard about. Mm-hmm. And um, just to say something about her really quickly. Yeah, I did hear about that. And I was happy about that. And she seems to be gaining a lot of momentum. I've seen her mentioned for Screen Actors Guild. I've mm-hmm. seen her mentioned for all these other, like, usually when I'm seeing Marvel share something about Black Panther receiving some type of award, it, she's on the list oh, yeah. for supporting actor. And then, you know, you'll see costume design. But as far as acting, she's the one getting the recognition. So she's building a lot of momentum. And I know that we said on the Black Panther podcast that the likelihood of her being uh, getting an Oscar nom is low. But Mm -hmm. man, if she continues to gain momentum, I could see it. You know, maybe even if she doesn't win, I could totally see her being nominated because yeah she's gaining a lot of momentum and getting a lot of accolades for her role in that and it's well deserved like she Mm -hmm. definitely was probably the best actor actress however you want to say it in Black Panther her performance Mm -hmm. was just very strong it was very moving and it was very emotional she was just exactly what the character needed to be and it was a bit of a pleasant surprise because In the first Black Panther, she was there. She had a few scenes, but we didn't really get much of her. I mean, she still kind of had that motherly presence about her. But here, she really kind of got to sort of really extend what that character was just, you know, in light of Chadwick's death and and the changing of script and everything like that. And boy, did she deliver, man. So, yeah, yeah, very happy to hear that. I mean, and I I think it was cool, too, because she even mentioned in part of her speech that, I mean, this is like it means this is something special for Marvel, too, for the MCU, because it's the first time that someone's been nominated for a performance. I think uh, I want to say Black Panther was like nominated for the best movie choice, I think, back when Black Panther first came out. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. as far as actual performances from from somebody in an MCU movie, this is a first. You know, it's a first nom and a first win. So I actually think that's pretty cool um, because, you know, say what you want about what types of movies these are. Like some of these actors put in the work, you know what I mean? Like they really 
they they really put in the work for for this and Angela Bassett 100% deserved that like you know she was up against you know other heavy hitters but i mean i think she definitely you know she she stole the show like that's the performance everybody's talking about out of anything from black panther 2 you know what i mean so um yeah i'm glad she won but another one that was pretty exciting is Michelle Yeoh one for uh best actress for i think oh yes uh musical or comedy i think that's the one it was for but yeah she won for best actress which was also super exciting because i mean she's 50 something and she says she's been doing this for however many years and she feels like she's finally getting recognized and people are finally paying attention to her this late in her life and like it, it was just really awesome. I feel like there was a lot of really cool moments this year as far as that went. And people that don't get recognized a lot got really recognized this year. Like, and I know, um, I mean, Brendan Fraser didn't win, but he being nominated was, I was so excited. And I really wanted him to win. But Austin Butler is the one who got best actor for for that um category which i wasn't surprised by you know like everything i've heard Mm. i actually haven't seen the movie but everything i've heard about what he did with that role he completely just was amazing in it um but just for brendan fraser being like up for that i was so happy about that that man (laughs) deserves like all Mm. all the things all the good things um it was interesting too though because apparently he didn't attend the Golden Globes. Like he, he kind of denied the invitation to go because of like his past history with the people who ran the Golden Globes, who were president of the, you know, Hmm. foreign press and all of that beforehand. So, and I actually respect that, you know, he's like, you know, I have, he said something along the lines of, I have too much history, you know, with them more than I have, um, you know, basically a reason to go or something along those lines and i was like i respect it you know what i mean but i actually think it would have been really funny if he did win it would kind of would have been like a little bit of like that satisfying like he's not there because of certain people that run this place but he still won you know what i mean but yeah yeah that would have been interesting but yeah um but no i was i was rooting for him to win but um I get why Austin Butler won for Elvis. I get that. Um, but I'm not remembering his name. The other guy from uh, Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, Kehui Kwan, the husband, her husband. He won for a supporting actor. And that was amazing as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm really happy to hear that because that film... Everything, everywhere, all at once was just such a great film, man. Uh, You know, I know that you weren't on that particular podcast that time. uh, But man, Sterling and I just raved about that movie the whole time we did that podcast episode. And Michelle Yeoh, just to speak about her really quickly, is somebody who I've just that that's, you know, people always used the term that was my childhood. Well, she is somebody that I've grown up with watching all of these martial art movies and stuff like that. And she was always like, to me, 
I always felt that she was like the best female, like martial arts action star. She was like a few yeah. at the time, my friends and my friendship circle would call her the female Jackie Chan. And it's funny because we used to say that like that was a badge of honor for her. And now just knowing how things are now and seeing her talent, that might have been just the 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 biggest understatement and undersell of Michelle Yeoh ever. Like she's more than just an action star. And she has proven that she can do dramatic acting and and she's great at it. And when I was watching this movie uh, and I just recommend that anybody who hasn't seen that movie, er everything, everywhere, all at once, if, if uh, you haven't seen it, I I highly recommend it because man, she Mm -hmm. just, it, it just made me go, man, where has this been? And then I got to really thinking in my head and I realized, Oh, it's always been there. It's just that over here, she probably just hasn't gotten the fairest shake because it's like, Oh, you know, you're Asian. So I need you in this martial arts or, Oh, you're Michelle. Yo, you're, you, you're known for this. So therefore we're typecasting you as this and stuff like that. So I, I could totally just imagine what has happened to her, you know, some, probably some combination of those things, but it's a very inspiring story. And I hope that she goes to the next step and wins that Oscar. I would love to see her get up there having won the Oscar. That would just be the icing on the cake, but it's a very motivating story. You know, she, like you said, her being in her fifties and accepting the award, it's very uplifting and it's just a, kind of a an inspiring reminder to just keep working out there you know what I mean like keep working keep striving towards whatever it is you're doing like you never know maybe the time isn't now and maybe it takes for sometimes it takes forever sometimes it takes but it it, it, it can only not happen when you stop believing in yourself when you stop working when you stop saying you know what I have this talent and I'm going to showcase this talent so I mean, hats off to her for not only accomplishing, but really the hat is off for continuing to work and believe in herself, even when she wasn't getting recognized. So sometimes seeing somebody get an award like this is the sweetest one. So that's really cool. And and like you said, Brendan Fraser is another one who, you know, when it comes to like excellent level acting, that's not somebody whose name is often mentioned. So anytime those people get a real chance to show their talent and what they're made of, because sometimes you just feel like Hollywood let certain people showcase that and then other people kind of have to fight for it or directors never see them that way or they never really get that role or they get typecasted, whatever the case may be. So it's nice when these unlikely faces get to be in this spotlight that we see so many others uh get to enjoy yeah and like i agree about michelle yo because um like i just there's something about her performances even when she's doing all of the, the the martial arts portion of what she's doing i don't i don't know what it is but there's like there's i want to say there's just some kind of like a conviction in her performances you know it just it feels like it's coming from a real place i don't ever feel like she's just you know 
saying the script just to say it like she's she's not just like I'm gonna just only meet this script at the level that the movie is I mean because I mean that's so many actors that they might not be in the best movie but they could still like put in the best performance you could possibly think of and I feel like she would be that actress in any role like I don't think she's gonna be like yeah, this is an easy money movie. I don't have to do much. I feel like she's always going to put in the work to make it like an amazing and genuine performance. That's just kind of a vibe that I get from her just based on other things that I've seen her in. There's just like a a conviction and a realness to how she does her performances. That's really like captivating. And that's why she was so perfect in everything, everywhere all at once. You know what I mean? So I, I totally am there for it. I actually just looked it up and I remember her saying this now in her speech. She actually just turned 60. So even, even crazier. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like this was sort of a season of like, like the more veteran actors or the older actors kind of, kind of taking it this year. I mean, Angela Bassett's what, 62? Like, you know, and then, uh, uh, Oh, what is his name? I keep forgetting it. Key. Uh, what is his last name? The guy from Everything Everywhere. Key Kwan. Yeah, Key Kwan. Yes. Um, he's like in his fifties, you know, and like, and I love his story too. Like this miraculous story of he hadn't acted in twenty years, you know. Like everybody knew him as this great child actor, and they thought he was going to be the next big thing, and then he didn't get anything for like twenty years, and he just gave up on acting until somebody like remembered him for this movie and like I just and his speech was my favorite thing because just the the gratefulness that he had to even be a part of it like I've never seen somebody so grateful for for anything as he was when he got his award and he's just like Steven Spielberg was gave me my first role you know and now it's like full circle back to like here I am now kind of thing it was really, really cool. And I'm I'm so happy for him because he seems like such a nice guy and just honestly just grateful for the work, you know? So I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. I'll have to backtrack and get on YouTube maybe and and see if I can find these speeches because yeah. I definitely like to hear them. So, yeah. They're very inspiring no, good, for sure. Man. Yeah. And yeah. then your girl, um, Zendaya, that I know we talked about how much we love her in Euphoria. <laughs> she yes. got she got um, Best Actress again for a uh, drama series. So, man, she just and I'm man, actually continues. Oh, yeah. To kill it. Extra glad that she got it for this last season, because I don't know if you're caught up on this last season, but. There's a specific scene in one of the episodes that is probably one of the greatest pieces of acting that I've ever seen from anybody ever. Um, and oh, wow. it's so good. Like if you think she was like that in the first season, the second season, I mean, it's just kind of like where she's, she's losing control and she's yelling at everybody because she's in withdrawal and all these things. And just, man, it was powerful. So get caught up and we'll talk about that scene. Okay. Okay. We'll do. (laughs) You're going to love it. It's great. But yeah, so those were a couple of like highlights for me, for people that won. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, as much as I do think that it seems like these awards, not that they're meaningless, but in a sense, it feels like 
the 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 merit of what they are is kind of lost these days. <laughs> so to actually see people that actually love the acting and that deserve these things, because there's a lot of times and we've talked about it in the past where we're just like, why did they have to get that? Like, why, why them? Like, why is this a person that won when clearly, you know, this or that? And I feel like this year, I actually didn't have a lot of that mentality with the people who won. So that was kind of nice. Cool. Very cool. And and yeah, Yeah. just very, very inspiring stuff. And like you said, just this, the, the fact that a lot of these older veteran actors are, and some of them are kind of getting the recognition that they deserve. And that that's good to hear, man. You know, it just kind of, like I said, it's just very uplifting. It just makes you feel like, you know, it's never too late, man. You know, old schmold, you know, where you can, you, <laughs> right. you can still, uh, you know, you can still accomplish something and you can still do something. You know, Tom Brady is 45 years old and still playing football and getting to the playoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, everywhere you look, it just seems like, you know, LeBron, I want to say is what, 30, he's got to be like 36 or 37, or he might even be 38, LeBron James. But every time I see basketball highlights, he's scoring 30-something points, 40-something points, and he is just playing out of his mind. 38, and, yeah. Okay, yeah, 38. And nobody at that age was playing at the level that he is playing. This is like, the first time ever, but he's out there every day, just killing it, taking care of himself and just killing it. So yeah, man, it's always just very uplifting when you see that, you know, it just makes you feel like, you know, um, like I said, just keep working, keep striving. Your time may not be now, but it might be later if you, if you stay in the game and you keep going and you keep telling yourself, you know, I, um, I'm good at this too. And I I want to keep showing people that I am, whatever it is, job, whatever, you know, it's just very, very motivating. So yeah. Thank you for letting me in on some of those, man. That was, um, yeah. it was very nice to hear that. Yeah. It, it really is like a season of, I mean, really the epitome of that whole age really is just a number type of thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I yeah. even think about like, if you even think about like Jennifer Lopez and like, Oh yeah. That woman yeah. was 50, 51 years old when she was headlining the Super Bowl and had like mm-hmm. the best movie performance of her entire career and yep. all these things. And she puts in the work for like, I mean, her, her concerts or not her concerts, but her, I mean, I guess concerts where she's just the dancing and all the dancing and how how much work that is and how focused and determined you have to be to just get that right in the way that she does. Like just that work ethic. I don't know. And I feel like all of these kind of veteran people in their fields are really just kind of showing us like, this is how it's done, guys. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So now you're mostly caught up on the important things from the Golden Globes. So... If you watch the speeches, let me know because there were some really good ones this year. Oh, yeah. I imagine before bed, I'm probably going to get on and 
find those speeches. Cause, For sure. Yeah, I got to hear, especially Michelle Yeoh, I got to hear what she said. I got to hear that. Oh, yeah. So. She uh, she cut off the music that was playing. She was like, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm going to take my time here so you guys can shut that music off. It was really funny. <laughs> yep. I've earned it. You know, exactly. 40 something plus years of acting. I've earned it. So I'm going to talk. <laughs> I, yep. That's tight. I'm glad she did that. I'm glad she had a queen moment. She's yeah. well deserved. Well deserved. All right. Well, you ready? Do we have anything else to talk about? Or is that it? That's, much? you know, our our primary news source, Mr. Sterling, isn't here today. So he probably would have had like a fascinating news thing that I haven't heard about yet because that's usually how that works. But <laughs> no, that's all I had. I was just like, I haven't heard anybody talking about the Golden Globes that much. So, yeah, that was it for me. Cool, cool. Oh, and and speaking of him, he did say that all you kids out there need to get your flu shots. <laughs> he right. urged to get your flu shots because it is going around. And unfortunately, he had scheduled to get his flu shot, had to push it back because of work and stuff, and then unfortunately caught the flu. So Sterling says, ladies and gents. Get your flu shots Get because shot. he is not having fun. Apparently, having the flu is no roller coaster ride. Right. So, yeah, that is why he could not be here. But we will carry on um, in your stead, Sterling. And yes. we will uh, continue on with this podcast. So, it is time. My good man, Sterling, this is your time cue to play the Cinema Slayers intro music. All right, hopefully that was a big enough pause for you, Sterling. If not, (laughs) uh, go to hell. Hey, (laughs) Cine fans. Uh, It is I, the wrestler, yes, sir, the living proof, or on this podcast, I'm just good old Jastin Taylor. And I'm joined by the first female of Cinema Slayers, Heather. Um... I'm sure you already figured out by everything we said that Sterling is not here tonight, but it is okay because we are here and we are still going to give you what we like, what we didn't like, and everything in between about Puss in Boots Part 2, The Last Wish. I forgot for a moment. I was what the like, title something was. about a wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to go, uh, something. Yeah. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Whew. Okay. So, of course, like we do with every Cinema Slayers episode, we're going to go non-spoiler first. And Sterling is going, when he puts this all together, there will be Tom Q's letting you know uh, what the um, what each section is. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you just kind of want a non-spoiler review, you'll get that. And then, of course, later in the podcast, we will move on to our spoiler talk. So with that being said, we'll start with you, Heather. First lady, first queen uh-huh. of Cinema yeah. Slayers. 
what are your non-spoilery thoughts of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? So I don't know what it is lately in the past couple of years where I've just really enjoyed animated films more. <laughs> I was not that I'm saying I hated them before, but I just feel like they're really trying to step up their game with making important and relevant and good heartfelt animated films lately. And this is no exception to that. This was such a good movie. I loved the story that they were telling. Um, you know, I just, and, and also Puss in Boots is like so cute. I mean, come on with those eyes. Like you can't not like, I could see just a trailer of that and be like, I want to watch this movie. Like <laughs> it's so cute. But anyway, but it just, it's so funny. And like, I love, I love all the voice acting in this as well. I feel like the people that they got to be these characters were just so like perfectly casted for each of these characters that they, that they played. Um, especially Antonio Banderas as, as Puss in Boots. Like he's, it, he is Puss in Boots. Like he's so great at doing the voice and being this, this character that you just kind of love in these films. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Like, I think it, um, you know, it really takes you on this journey and it, it really kind of like, there's just a lot of kind of deep, profound things there that you kind of learn along this journey because it's not just Puss in Boots. There's a few other people on this ride with him that we get to know better that we learn about. And um, I also just kind of like the sort of um, modernized like adaptations of some of these fairy tale uh, characters that we've, that we've seen in other things like um, sort of, yeah, I mean, I won't give anything away here, but there's, yeah, there's characters that, There's a very specific, you know, well-known story of characters that, um, you know, they're in this movie and just the way that they are portrayed in this movie, I loved because it's a very creative take and a very creative way to sort of tell a different version of that story. And I thought it was awesome. So, you know, it, it just feels like everybody in this movie is learning something about themselves, learning something important. And I think it's really relevant to, I mean, adults can learn something. Children can learn something. It is one of those movies. And and those tend to be, I think, the animated movies that I like more when I feel like I can relate to that as a full grown adult. Like <laughs> this is straight up speaking to me as an adult person. And I, I just really, I really liked, yeah, just the journey that you go on with them. I think the humor hits probably I mean, almost every time the humorous moments, they're just, they are very funny moments and the heartfelt moments are very heartfelt. And yeah, you get some, like some cool action scenes. You get some, um, some cool costumes from some of these characters. And uh, it's just a very amusing and entertaining movie. And um, yeah, I just, I think it, it's very fitting for the character of who Puss in Boots is for this to sort of be um, how this, how the story plays out throughout the movie. And uh, you see growth and development from pretty much everybody that you're supposed to see that from. And yeah, it's, it's really good. And visually it's just very fun. It's a very fun, visually pleasing film with what they do with the animation in this. And let's face it, the, uh, the soundtrack I mean, that soundtrack was 
really on point. It was really Mm -hmm. great, great soundtrack for sure. So yeah, I mean, there's honestly, I can't really think of anything that I could just be like, I didn't like this. It wasn't boring. It was well paced. It wasn't too long. Um, Yeah, it, it had a very clear story. That was a really fun watch to see how it played out. So yeah, I really enjoyed this film a lot. Yeah, um, I think I feel, for the most part, I feel the same way. Like, uh, I went back and I watched the first Puss in Boots because, honestly, to be quite honest with everybody, um, I had pretty much forgotten that movie. Like, it had been so <laughs> long since I'd seen it. I just, uh, I mean, it's hard to forget the character of Puss in Boots that the Shrek universe has created. But just the movie itself, it was, you know, I was trying to remember details and it was, everything was kind of a little fuzzy. I remember liking the movie, but I just couldn't really remember any specific details about the movie. And I'm just kind of one of those kinds of people, like if Sterling is the completionist on our podcast, well, then I'm very much like that person where I don't like to come into the middle of anything like I always, I'm that person. I have to start from the beginning. I, a, a finishist. I don't know what you call that <laughs> or what. A if there's a technical term for it. <laughs> a beginningist. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I, I hate coming in the middle of anything. If somebody goes, have you seen, you know, this movie part three? I'm going to be like, well, I got to go see the first two before I see the third one. And they're like, you know, you don't just watch the third one. I'm not that person. I will never take your advice. So you trust me, you are wasting your breath if you tell me to just watch the, the, the second or just watch the third or all you need is season two or whatever. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to. So even with shows, you start, watch. you have to start from the beginning, even with shows. Yes. Okay. I have to start from the beginning and that carries over into video games. So clearly I do have a problem. I can't play a part two of a video game without playing part one. And sometimes that really screws me because, you know, part one will be, uh, you know, part one was 20 years ago. So, you know, you can't hardly find the game anymore, but I will wait to play a series of games until I can play that first one. But to my credit, eventually I do. I, I do get to them. I do. You know, um, this is for video game nerds. You wouldn't know anything really about this other, but um, the Metroid series, I just played through last year. I played through the entire Metroid series. And just like I said, I started with the old 1980 something Nintendo Metroid and played all the way up until this newest Metroid on Switch. So, uh, you know, so when I get around to it, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, But yeah, all of that to to come back to this. So went back and watched the original Puss in Boots and I still liked it. I I thought it was good. And and as I was watching the movie, I'm sitting there going, okay, I I definitely understand why I liked this in the past. And this is really kind of a hard thing to do. Not, not every time do you see, um, them in some of these animated movies or even in movies where they take a side character that was part of a bigger 
character franchise like Shrek and put them in their own movies, that doesn't always succeed. Sometimes you watch a movie like this, like a Puss in Boots, and you go, man, Shrek's not in here. Fiona's not in here. Donkey's not in here. So I'm just not having as much fun. But one thing I can say about Antonio Banderas and just his performance, Puss in Boots stood out in the Shrek movies because of that. You know, Antonio Banderas just play, just brought such a voice to the character and what they were doing with Puss in Boots and the little gimmick with the eyes and, and him making these cute cat eyes and just, you know, captivating anybody with the cuteness, the cat cuteness and all of that kind of stuff. Um, like, which is relatable because there is like an entire internet community that is just devoted to cats and stuff that they do. And I think Sterling's <laughs> part of that community. <laughs> probably so uh cute cats and stuff like that there is definitely a cat community of people out in the world so that is a very real thing and maybe somehow puss in boots just sort of had some cross appeal because of that so when they decided to make his own movie i was afraid for it initially because i was like man i don't know if this can float on its own without the shrek characters they proved me wrong the first one was good and I, or at least I felt like it was good. And then I watched this one, The Last Wish. And man, I'm, I'm willing to say, I don't even think this is just a good movie. I think this is a great movie. Like yeah. what Paddington 2 was to Paddington, this Puss in Boots Last Wish is definitely this to the first Puss in Boots. Mm. It's better in every single way possible. The animation is better. It's more stylish. It's more hip. It looks just so vibrant and fresh with what they do. The characters are just even more thought out and even more developed in this movie. And the themes that they try to tackle in this movie are all themes that we've seen before. You know, there there are themes that you're going to recognize, like defining family and understanding your individuality and child trauma and midlife crises and being afraid of death and things like that, you know, facing your mortality and things like that. These are all themes that we've seen in movies. None of this is going to be unfamiliar territory in that way. But I always talk about execution in movies. You can give me some tropes. You can give me some things that I've seen before. But if you execute well and you find a way to add meaning to this and add and make your characters compelling, then I'm going to be along for the ride. And this movie just does that in spades. Um, And also, you know, to kind of talk about the Shrek, to kind of piggyback with, uh, since I mentioned Shrek before, this felt very Shrek-ish, should I say, in its approach. It felt a little more adult. There's a lot of stuff in here that I don't know if a kid will get, but I definitely got. There's some deep messages and stuff like that that really just, I think, for the older age groups, they would definitely get them and appreciate them. It brought in a couple, uh, uh, a cast of familiar fairy tale characters. Like, you know, you got the the Goldilocks and the three bears and you got Jack Horner sitting in the corner 
eating his Christmas pie. You know, you got some familiar fairy tale people from a long time ago. But the great thing about the Shrek movies was that, you know, you, 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 you have all these memorable characters like the gingerbread man and stuff like that. And they just found the funniest ways to give these characters character for lack of a better term. Well, this is the same way with the characters that it chooses to introduce and use from fairy tales in this man, they found just a great way to deliver these messages, to make every character compelling and by the end, by the time this movie ended, I was just so satisfied with the ending that I got. Just very heartfelt. It has a lot of depth. And and like you said, it was very funny, too. It's a fun adventure. It, 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 the, the jokes were just on point. It just seems like the comedic timing and everything that they were doing, they were just in sync. You know, um, everybody just showed up for this. And all of the voice actors... Antonio Banderas, of course, is the leader and he totally leads this. But everybody else, Selma Hayek, I loved her. Florence Pugh, again, just killing it. You know, she was Goldilocks in this. And man, she did a remarkable job. And the other one I want to talk, I wanted to mention was also Harvey, uh, I want to say his name is Gillian, who played Paro. Man, I loved peril in this yeah i think that that definitely um very close to stealing the show maybe for some people who watch this maybe he did but that character oh man that character was great and Mm -hmm. i loved how that character meshed with puss in boots and um soft paws and all of the other uh characters in this story so yeah man it was a well-written story This is probably one of the best sequels to a movie I think I've seen. I think it's that good. Like, I think if you were to make a list of like your, I don't know, 20 best sequels, I don't see how this one isn't on it. It's that much of an improvement over the the first one. It, It was that much better in quality than the first one. So, yeah, man, this was a step up from the first film, which is good you know, in just about every way. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I, yeah, it's especially with, uh, with Pero or Perito. Um, yeah, he was so delightful for sure. Um, and we also have, um, we have a few thoughts that's, that Sterling did send us, but I think we'll wait for our next section for that. Right. Yes, which will be right now. So, Sterling, letting you know, this is your time cue, official time cue for recommendations and scores, so you can play that little jingle right now. Recommendations and scores. All right, um... I guess since uh, you started the first one, I'll go ahead and uh, start this one and then I'll have you read off. And then after you go, you can read off what Sterling said. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a recommend, especially this is one of those where it's fun for the whole family and there's no reason to not recommend it. It's a great family movie. 
But even if you don't have a family and you're just looking for a, a high quality film, this is it. I, I think that there's just a lot of good, mature messages that came out of this, which is so weird saying that because I'm talking about a Puss in Boots movie. But like I said, man, there, there's some really good stuff in here, some really deep stuff, some really like heartfelt stuff that makes you kind of look at yourself and be reflective and go, man, this was like really like a shot in the arm for me. You know, there were some characters I saw myself in. There are some thoughts that some of the characters were having that I even saw myself in and was like, man, dude, why is this movie just speaking to me right now? So I think this really is that kind of movie where just about anybody of any age group can get something out of this. So yeah. And on top of that, it's a ton of fun. You're going to laugh at this. And overall, it was just a great film experience. This is the kind of experience we pay, we pay for. And my only regret is that I didn't watch it in the movie theater. I kind of streamed this at home and everything like that and kind of wish that I had gotten that full surround sound experience with all the vibrant colors and the music and everything like that. Um, if it's not too late, I may have to try to go catch this in theaters because I think the theater experience might've even added something to this. So yeah, definitely a recommend for me as far as a score, we will go, um, we will go with 94, um, (laughs) Baker's dozen assassin chefs trying to kill you out of a (laughs) hundred. Nice. Yeah, I loved that scene where it showed like all of his lives and stuff. That was funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it as well. Um, it's It's got so much heart behind it. And I'm right there with you, Jason. Like there were moments that I was like, I feel this on a very deep level. <laughs> Speaking to my soul right now with these with these characters. Um, so yeah, I definitely I think it's it's just there's something in it for everybody. Um, and you know, whatever age you're in, like, I just feel like there's going to be something for everybody to enjoy about this film. Yeah. It's, um, it's entertaining and it's just like, this is just a really great example of how you, you really just mix all of the different things people love about these type of movies together in the best possible way. (laughs) Like you get your action, you get your humor, you get your moral of your story, you get character development, you get all of that in less than two hours. Like this movie is what, like an hour 45 or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those that was really like, it feels like everything was very thoughtfully done because they used up every minute of this film in the best way that they possibly could. Like, I don't really think there's a moment of this film that I said, we could have done without that. You know, like they really, they used up every bit of that screen time um, in a really great way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's funny. It's a cute film. It's a cute family film. But again, I went and saw this by myself and it was still, you know, a cute, fun film, (laughs) even for just people that go to see it by themselves, you know? So yeah, it's, um, it's really definitely, uh, highly recommended film. I'm going to give this, um, I think I'm going to give it 
90 dogs dressed in cat costumes out of 100. <laughs> and then, yeah, we did get uh, a little bit of a, a snippet from, from Sterling here. And he said, I recommend Puss in Boots. It has a deeply personal yet universal story. Very true. Um, unique animation. And uh, it overall is just a great movie. Um, he gives the score of 90 death wolves smelling your fear out of 100. That wolf, man. I can't wait to talk about that wolf. Um, oh, man. The big bad wolf. <laughs> that big, big bad wolf. Now, you don't want to talk about a big bad wolf, boy. <laughs> man, I have so many thoughts. But um, so that is going to give this the Cinescore of... 91 which i think is tied as like the highest score we've had on here so far since we've been doing this yeah right i think so tied with i think glass onion is the highest yeah yeah yeah, glass onion so yeah it either is the highest or one of them yeah so wow top three for sure but i'm fairly certain it's tied at the first place yeah so um yeah it's awesome yeah that's i'm I'm glad because i think it's totally worth that so um, but yeah, those were, those were the, the thoughts of, of Sterling. Um, yeah, so I guess we can probably get into the, to the spoilers now, huh? Well, you heard it right here, Sterling. That is your time cue. It is time for spoilers. So hit that music. Spoilers. All right, and I don't know if this has ever happened before, but Heather, you are going to start the spoiler section. Wow. So how about that? (laughs) That never, ever happens. But yes, you are going to start today. We're doing a little different today. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about this. um, But since we just mentioned it, that, okay, Wolf, can we just say, like, best animated villain in a film that I can remember in like recent memory. I mean, yeah, everything that Wolf did was so daunting and, and just very perfect. Like that is a, it's an excellent villain for, especially for an animated film. Everything he said had purpose and was very like, Nothing he said was cheesy. Like, it actually was kind of scary, the things that he was saying and how he would say it. Like, he was he was so, like, dead on with that. And what is the um, actor's name? Wagner Mora plays the wolf. Um, I have seen him in, there was a series that he did with um, Elizabeth Moss that I'm not remembering the name of, but um, it came out this past year. He was great in that too. And um, he was a detective in that, but that's the only other thing I've seen him in. And so I'm like, man, like he's so good. And like, he, he brought that wolf to life in like the best possible way. I mean, just the, like the scenes when you just kind of see him like hooded and just looking and just the, his presence was just so there, you know, in every moment he was there. And I just, I love everything they did with how they portrayed Wolf in this film as kind of the villain, not really, but sort of like potential villain because he represents death, right? So it's almost like 
it's the first time that you see Puss in Boots actually scared because he's facing death and he knows that it's coming for him. And he, and they even talk about that in the film. Like you can't, you can't outrun death. Like you can't run away from it. You can't escape it. You have to face it. And it's going to come for you at some point, no matter what. And just the way that they kind of did that in this movie was really powerful, you know, where, where he's just facing him and he's like, you know, I'm going to be seeing you again, right? Like I'm going to come back for you. And, and he's just like, yeah, I know, you know, but, and I mean, even just Puss in Boots also talking about like, it was almost like he was very stuck in the glory days of his past lives with his lives that he was almost ultimately felt like he thought he was wasting them because he, first of all, didn't even remember how many times he had died (laughs) previously. Cause he's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You know, but then when he did realize that, you know, he is, he only has one life, then he started to think about things. And that's a very real thing too. Like when you realize I have one life, I need to be careful with it. You know, what am I going to do with the one life that I have? And I think that was such a great message that they did in this film as well. And, you know, how he had every opportunity to really kind of wish for more lives and get his lives back. And that was his whole journey. That was his whole point. Like he wanted to go and find this star to make the wish on it so that he could get more lives back. Um, You know, but it was also just so great to see him vulnerable in that way. That's very human, you know? So I thought it was really well done and how, you know, anytime Wolf was around, you know, his, his fur was standing up and and he was just like running away and it's just not in his character to do that kind of thing. And it was just, it gave him a reality check in a way. And I thought it was so good how they did that. Um, But yeah, I think also like, just the 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 characters that they put him with with um what is her name is it soft paws right soft paws yeah yes soft paws and uh perito i think it was his yes. name pero or perito perito yeah um they're they're dynamic together and their um you know their whole teaming up together was really good because perito was like <laughs> very much his own person and just he he represents those people in life that are just like I've never had much and I've never had you know things that I can call my own and I've never had things necessarily go right for me but I still am gonna have hope that things will be okay you know and and I love those characters and I love how they portrayed him in this where Everything he said was just like, oh, yeah, this has happened to me and this has happened to me. But it's all just funny to him just because he's just sort of got that childlike mentality about it because, you know, for him, that's just normal. It's like, yeah, that's just life. It's, it's you know, that's just what it is. And just that very loyal dog quality about him where he's just very loyal to any friend that he finds. So, um, and I loved that his... <laughs> his map, like when he had the map uh, to where they needed to get to was so just full of all the fun things and it was bright and colorful and just like the easiest path you could probably take. And in, in the moment when there's the, is it tulips? I think the big giant tulips that come out 
And he's just like, yeah, it's just, you gotta, you know, like, let's not rush through it. Let's stop and, you know, smell the flowers and, and smell the roses. Yeah. yeah. And I loved that. Cause it's just like, yeah, especially when you're, when you have this whole thing about death is coming for you. It's like, well, cool. Then why don't we just enjoy the life that we do have? Let's enjoy even the little things about it. And I think that really spoke to uh, Puss in Boots. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I thought that he was such a great addition, especially to a personality, like both him and Softpaws. Like <laughs> they very much needed this like um, optimistic, just endlessly positive person or not person but character around them you know and I think it really kind of made them reflect on their own lives and their own things that they had going on um and one other thing that I really loved about Perito and Puss in Boots was um the moment when you know he's just he's so afraid and then you see him going out to the woods and he's like by that tree and essentially panicking full on panicking and you know Perito just goes up to him and just like rests there with him and lets him be and it calms him down that actually really moved me <laughs> because I was like man like how many times in life has that been me where I'm like I just need someone that's gonna just let me be you know like let me just have somebody that will sit with me or you know like let me talk about it or just let me be in my feelings and make me feel like it's going to be okay. And I love that. And that's why people have pets too. Like, I, I love that. That's very true about people who have pets, but I, I loved that scene because that was just very much that I need my friend right now. I don't need my friend to say anything. I just need my friend to be here physically for me because it makes me feel better. And that was a really beautiful moment as well. So they just have a lot of very deep emotional things in this film that is just, you just don't expect it to to get really on that level in the way that it did. So yeah, I just, I really enjoyed how they did all of that. And also how they did Jack Horner's character. <laughs> like, he was cracking me up. He was, he was a terrible character because, you know, he's also the villain, but just... Everything he said was so funny, though. Like, he was just cracking me up with his lines. And, like, when he was growing bigger and he's like, I guess my clothes grew as well. So that's good. Or something. He said something like that. And it was so yeah, funny. Like, I thought I was going to come out naked, but my clothes grew <laughs> yeah. as well. So Yeah, right. It was the way. What I, however, he said that cracked me up. I was like, wow. Okay. Um <laughs> And then just uh, another set of characters I want to talk about, like you mentioned with Goldilocks and the bears, that was great too, because, you know, it, it's basically like Goldie, Goldilocks is part of the family. Like they're actually all a family together and just their dynamic. And it's, you know, it's not like they're trying to eat Goldie. They just like, they're it's just part of their family, you know? And I I loved the lessons that you get from them where, she feels like she wants a real family and then ultimately finds out like that is her real family. And she actually would rather be with them and do anything for them as opposed to anything else. And just everything with that storyline was really great too of, you know, like you have a family, you know, you might not look like them. You might not feel like you are the same, but you like, 
your family, you know, and just their loyalty to each other was really great. So it's just a very different take on Goldilocks and three bears. And I loved how they did it, like, especially for the sake of the story they were telling here. So I don't know. I just, I loved all the character development and how at the end of it, everybody's out to try and get this one wish so that they can have the wish. And Goldilocks and the bears, like Goldie's going there because she wants a family. And even her, the bears are like, you know what? We're still going to help you get this, even though we are your family and we're upset. We're still your family. And if this is going to make you happy, we want you to have it. And just like that humility that came with that moment and like that it's sort of like almost like the people around you change your perspective, right? Because Goldie was changed by the bears um, and their perspective. And I think Puss in Boots and Softpaws was changed by Perito and his view of the world. And just how I feel like it also kind of in a way shows you how important it is to have those people around you you know, to, to have people to share life with as well. And that, I think that's a great message as well. You know, that you're not doing this alone. You have a support system. You have other people's perspectives that can shape you as opposed to you just trying to do everything on your own. So it just is very, you know, rich with lots of deep, you know, morals in it. So yeah, I I just thought it was really great. Yeah, that was a very good analysis of the film. Um, I think uh, a lot of those same thoughts and sentiments I have as well. It just was very, it, it was just so well done in how it told this story. And pacing-wise, it just never felt off. It never felt like there was an uninteresting scene or like you said, a scene that where you felt like you needed to, oh, well, I could have done with less of that or I just never had that thought the whole time that we were watching the movie. And this whole story about Puss in Boots sort of coming to grips with his mortality and the fear that that was causing him and sort of like this anxiety and this panic attack that he would sort of have where the skin, like you were talking about, the skin would come up and he would just start breathing hard and man, in those scenes when we, when you would see the big bad wolf show up and it was doing this sort of howling, whistling type of music would be in the background and stuff like that. And man, they just made the big bad wolf chilling. And he had like the Grim Reaper sickles and that's what he kind of was. He was the wolf, but they sort of designed him sort of, he was a mix of the wolf, the Red Riding Hood, because he had the hood. But it was also kind of reminiscent of the hood that the Grim Reaper wears. Yeah. So them sort of combining all of those ideas into this big bad wolf that's coming to get you. I just love how they used all that to represent death, like you said, and the inevitability of that. And so the whole time you have a character who essentially is running from death. He is trying to avoid it at every turn. He's trying to, you know, even when it came to confronting death, he was not, he was too afraid to confront that. He didn't want to confront it. And it just says a lot about 
Like, and you know, this is something that people go through, whether you're talking about people with midlife crises or just people scared of death in general, that's a real phobia for people. That's a real thing for people that they just will do anything and everything, trying to look younger, trying to stay younger, trying to do what they can to avoid what is sort of inevitable. Well, really not sort of, it is (laughs) inevitable, you know? So there's a very kind of realness to that story. Um, And then the whole thing about him having these nine lives. I thought that what was interesting was, was what the nine lives were like how in one life he was drunk and was like, you know, overindulgent and he lost his life. And another one, he was too busy kind of chasing after women and stuff like that. And he gets ran over by a bull. Another Mm. one, he was just, you know, taking too many chances, not making smart decisions. And he got killed. Like it felt like every single one of those lives could be a person or a way a person lives their life overindulgent thinking about, uh, uh, you know, too fixated on things that don't matter. You know, even this, the, the eighth life that we kind of are introduced on in the movie, he's throwing this big party and I got to be seen as this big legend. And I got to be seen as this big hero. And really he missed out on what was really important. He was about to marry yeah, Kitty softpaws the love of his life. And he ran from that to sort of bask in this glory of being this legend. And of course, we saw the Liberty Bell or the bell or whatever, not the Liberty Bell, but the bell fall on him and everything. And of course, that took his life that time. So it felt like every one of these lives was sort of a representation of uh, of like of a life that a person has where when they don't care about the right things or they're, or they're, or they're so fixated on these things, having fun, taking chances, you know, I don't, I'm afraid of commitment, different things like that. Like you could see all of those, all of those lives to me represented people, or in some ways, maybe they represent the phases of a person's life. You know, you're all about having fun. I want to take chances. I want to do this. I want to do that. And maybe you're neglecting these things right in front of you that are really important. So I thought that that was very reflective in and of itself, just how they showcased his nine lives and everything like that. And and, and you already talked about death and, you know, uh, how imminent that was and how no matter where you go, it'll always find you. All of that was great. All of that was very reflective and everything like that. But even some of the other themes in here, like Kitty Softpaws and her inability to trust anyone and her kind of having these trust issues and talking about, I've never, I, I can't trust people. I've never been able to give my heart to anyone. I've never been able to give my trust to, to anyone. And Maybe I'm just going to go at it alone for my entire life and everything like that. I have known people who have said that exact thing or have said things similar to that, that I just, I have a tough time trusting people. My heart was broken and I don't know how to, 
trust another person or people again. So I think that that was a very real, relatable thing. Yeah. Um, what what you talked about with Goldilocks and the Three Bears and just that whole thing about um, the the concept of what a family is and how it doesn't have to be your blood relative. Sometimes your family is just those people that are there for you and care about you and your friends and people like that. It kind of goes to show that anybody can be family. There is not this, there doesn't have to be this construct that we think fits socially to mm-hmm. say this is your family. It's the it's not about these, you know, these biological criteria. What it's about is the emotional criteria. It's people that are there for you. It's people that have those emotional connections with you. It's those people that care about you. And like you said, it, it was a very um you know, it was very thoughtful when those bears were like, okay, we understand you're a human being, we're bears, and if that's what you want, we'll help you get it. That's real family, man. That's what real family does. They support you, even when they don't agree with your decisions. The ones that are still there for you, that that are still going to support you, well, if this is what makes you happy, then I will support you. Just because it's you and I love you and I want to see you want to be happy and succeed, you know, and, and Goldilocks missed all of that until, you know, she realized that that's what she had. And and so I love how you had all these different characters trying to get this wish and ultimately all of them except uh, uh, little big <laughs> Jack Horner, you know, <laughs> they all sort of realized that they didn't need that. Um, that they really didn't need that. So I think that that was great. That was a great character journey for just about every character. Um, and, and, And it was just very reflective for me as well, because sometimes I do think I even get a little fixated on my goals, what I'm doing, my, my training, the wrestling, this, that, and the other. So there was a lot of that in Puss in Boots and what he was going through that I saw in myself. And just every now and then, I'm reminded mostly by others <laughs> as someone or just seeing people who are ending their wrestling careers and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm constantly reminded that one day this all is going to come to an end. And then the the fear of where do you go from there and what what do I do? What is the next corner for me and things like that? And sometimes even I myself, find I've, I find it hard or difficult to look at those things realistically. I'd rather like not look at those things and just focus on what I'm doing or be like, well, I'm just going to, and, 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 but what I have learned and this movie is is also a great lesson in it. it, it that's going to happen. Okay, that's inevitable. Fine. Yes, one day you will have to stop doing whatever it is you enjoy doing, especially or especially if it's something kind of physical like this. But really in anybody's life, these things come to an end. What you're doing comes to an end in some sort of way. But enjoying the time you have, enjoying the reps that you get, enjoying the bonds that you make, enjoying the people that you're around. 
appreciating that yeah. and appreciating what you have in the moments while you have them rather than wasting all of your time worrying about when you won't have it. Right. I think is the best way to go. You know, some people die on those hills that they're like, no, I'm going to keep worrying about things. I'm going to keep looking ahead and I'm going to keep being afraid of what's going to happen in the future. But I like the message that this presents, you know, don't forget about all the things in front of you. Just enjoy what you have while you have it. You have one life that's special enough to where you need to enjoy it and the people in it and not always dwell on what's going to happen when it's over. I, I just thought that that was a very, very re- reflective message for me. And it kind of mm-hmm. came at me at a right time. You know, it was like, man, yeah. dude, okay. You know, may, it just sort of reassured me like, okay, you know, uh, yeah. All right. Puss in boots. I will right. keep this in mind. Well, and you know? it's interesting too, because like, even at the end there, even the wolf kind of says to him like, all right, go live your life, go live your one life, you know, or he said something along those lines. And I just find it also interesting that death was the one who said that to him because like this whole time he spent running from death and afraid of death. And even, even me calling the wolf, the villain in this, because that's how he's sort of portrayed in in the film. But ultimately at the end of it too it's like he's he's in a sense he's doing his job like he's just he is the essence of death and that's it's in his nature to just you know have to take lives you know because he's death and but I mean I I just love the idea too that like death doesn't have to be scary you know what I mean and that he's just like I am going to come so that's why you need to enjoy the life you have because I will have to come for you and I love that death is the one at the end of the day who had to remind Puss in Boots of that um, or like reassure him of that and be like, okay, you have your one life, go and live it, you know? And the fact that uh, Puss in Boots, like when he was, you know, um, his memories were flashing before his eyes when he thought he was about to die, you know? And he's like, no, I'm just, I'm only having visions of this life, not my past lives. Like I'm only thinking about this one. And I loved that moment too, you know, and just for the wolf to kind of say what he did right after that, you know, like, yeah, okay, you have the one life, so live it, you know? And, and I just, I love that because I think that just the study and the, the concept of death is so interesting in that way too, because it really is. I mean, the more that you've either seen death um, or, maybe even faced it, you just realize even more of like, there's something in you that just naturally goes to like, what have I been doing all this time? (laughs) You know what I mean? And it just, it makes you think about like, you know, the people that you know that have died and like, you didn't get that last moment that you wanted, or it wasn't the last thing you wanted to say to them or all of these, you know, you know, if I could do it again, or, you know, if I could change it type of thing. And it's really just a beautiful story of like, you know, you can't dwell on those things because like you're going to cripple yourself from living your life. If all you're doing is reflecting on your past and your mistakes or the things that you wish you would have done. So, um, 
And that's why, you know, kind of like the title of this movie, The Last Wish, you know. Um, and and I love that at the end of the day, none of them really used it. <laughs> that was pretty cool to me because they were like, like Perito said, where he's like, there's no magic required. I have everything that I need. And I love that message, too. Yeah, that that's a very good point. And that's why um, Little Pero, Perito, um, th- that's why I really like that character because he was a character who just what he's that person that just appreciates their life and is not wanting for too much is not he's complaining that hype about man. too much. <laughs> and even though what happened in his life was tragic, like when he's telling the story about how you know, I had some friends and I kept coming back. And then finally I would, they put me in a sock and put a rock in it and threw me in the river. And their reaction. Yeah. And like, yeah, like with Puss in Boots and uh, um, softballs are looking at each other. They're just like, Oh my God, they tried to kill him. Mm. And they were, and then, then, and then they're like, man, that wasn't a good story. That was a terrible story. But I think the triumph of that character is, is that he didn't let that thing beat him. Yep. You know, yes, that was a traumatic thing. And yes, that was a horrible thing that he went through, but he turned that situation around with his mindset and his attitude and just what he cared about and what was important to him. And that was a very important message in this too. Like, yeah, not everything great happened to him, but the mindset to just appreciate what you have, appreciate the good things and um, just his understanding of what actually was important allowed him to overcome even those bad happenings and things in his life or whatever problems they may had. He was, he understood what was important. Yeah. And so everything else just didn't seem so important. Yeah. You know, everything else just didn't awesome. seem like it mattered. And that to me is why I just loved that character. He That was just a very powerful way to also showcase this message. And of course it took the other characters time to come around, but um, but, but that's what was great about that character is that he was already there. And so then we have him along the ride with these other characters who hadn't quite got there yet. So it all just made for some great interactions, some funny things. Um, didn't talk about the animation earlier. So I'll talk about that really quickly. Uh, Sterling mentioned unique animation and he's right about that. Like there are times in this movie where like, the animation, like they would like, especially when they were doing like, I guess you could call them action sequences where the animation would almost be almost stop motion ish where like, it it was almost like a stop motion animation. And like the, the, the animation style would kind of go like with this real, like stylistic art looking way to, for every character and every design was just a little bit different and it was a little bit flashier and stuff like that. And I loved when they did that, that they didn't overdo it with that. It never overstayed its welcome. It was just enough for you to go, man, this is cool how this looks. And it gave 
the movie a distinct look and style that I'm going to remember for a long time. You know, I, I don't can't think of another movie that kind of animated movie that kind of did that where you've got this one animation style and then for these sections, sure, sure, some other animated movies have sort of done that before where suddenly we're a different type of animation. But I like the way it was done here where it just sort of went to this distinct art to kind of show these scenes. And it was almost like comic strip, you know, ish in its uh, storytelling during those moments and stuff like that. So that was just another nice touch to what is a beautiful film. I mean, it just looks fantastic, man. Like, and especially me making that jump from the first one to this one, man, you could just, I mean, it just looked a hundred times better. And I was like, my goodness, man, how far are we going to go? with these computer graphics because it's getting ridiculous, man. Water is starting to look like real water. I could see every, every cat hair on Puss in Boots. I could see like the detail in his boots where he had been walking and the heels and stuff like that. I mean, they are getting absolutely ridiculous with just the level of detail that they bring to the, to, to the animation. So, yeah, I, I think that was the, the, one of the last things I wanted to say is my hat is off to them for just the brilliant look and the distinct artistic style that this had. And every time they decided to do that, it enhanced what was happening at some point. Or like when the big bad wolf would show up and things would get a little slower and a little darker. And it was almost like the sun was setting because death is coming for you. Like they just had a way of showcasing everything and all of it just added to the storytelling, all of those visual cues, all of those visual turns that they did. It always added to the storytelling, never took away from it. Yep. No, that's totally fair. Yeah. It's, I feel like, yeah, that's one of the reasons I think too, why animated films in more recent years have been so much more captivating and intriguing because also the animation of them. I mean, I don't know why, but what comes to mind for me big time is Encanto (laughs) and even Coco, like the animation in both of those, you're just like, this is insane. This is absolutely insane. And then you still see, I mean, it's a different style of animation a little bit here, but it's still the same quality of of animation so yeah i completely agree with that yeah yeah i mean it was just very very impressive from top to bottom and yeah you make a good point with that like i'm i'm jealous of uh younger kids and stuff like that nowadays because man y'all got to grow up with some fire movies man oh yeah y'all 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 grew up y'all got to grow up with like the best of the best like it's funny because you know, pro Disney people and people who like love the old school Disney movies and stuff like that. And I'm a big fan of all of those. I, you know, I love me some Little Mermaid and, yeah. and, you know, the Cinderella and the Snow White. But man, dude, I'm not going to lie. It feels so those now. And of course, it was a different time, different time period, things like that. So all that you got to consider, you know, they were just getting started with those. So no way to expect for those to be this, but man, just, but just 
speaking in a bubble, the level of depth and the level of messages and how intelligently written some of today's animated movies are, it just makes me jealous, man. It's like, man, dude, like they are just making classic film after classic film after classic film. And it's not just classic like, oh, it's classic because it's the first one. Nah, man. In a in a slew of all these other movies and all these other options you can watch, these are coming out and they have to be top quality. They have to compete with other top quality films and they are doing it. You know, you know, when you talk about Disney Studios, these people, DreamWorks, Pixar, they're just doing it time after time yeah. and just delivering Definitely. all these memorable just stories that are so full of depth and, you know. It just sucks that I didn't get to grow up on these. You know, I, I had to grow up on the, the the stuff before we got to this. But man, dude, yeah. what a treat. What a what time a to be alive. Yeah. It's, I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, but also even not even just like with the animation quality, but also kind of like you talked about how, you know, the times have changed and stuff like that. You know, the old school Disney movies of the damsel in distress or the princess and the true love. And you got to find that to be happy and to matter. And that's kind of the message you almost get sometimes in those older movies. And there's just so many of those now where like that's not even at all part of the story. You know, you think about Moana and how she's like on her own. She's just like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to survive on my own. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to make something of myself and um you know even in this one with soft paws i mean she is very much somebody who could take care of herself you know she's tough as nails she's you know not that quintessential you know like i need somebody to take care of me because i love because they love me and i love them and it's that's not what it is anymore and that's also really cool to say there are different types of people because there's also some people that they don't want love or the place they're at in their life. They don't want that, or they don't want marriage or they don't, you know what I mean? Like that's not everybody's story. And we're at a place in the world now where it's okay for that to be your story. And there's a story out there for everybody, even in animated films these days. And I love that. I think that's so great and really educational also for, for kids growing up today. So yeah, that, that's a great point. And just to quickly add on to that, like uh, you talked about it, just that there are so many diverse stories and it's also great to see so much diversity, period. Yeah, you know, for sure. Seeing other, seeing other cultures, seeing other people, how other people live their lives. You know, Coco with, uh, with the Mexican culture and us yeah. getting a glimpse of that and some of their beliefs and stuff like that. Or like you said, Moana. Um, like with Samoan people, like, I mean, it's great to see so much representation now right. in some of these animated films and that these people of other races, creeds and cultures can be central characters. And Encanto and was carry- Colombia, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They were Colombian. So like, yeah, another great example of just these other cultures can be the lead characters and carry this movie. And that was great. And especially back then, you know, old Disney and some old animation was kind of problematic with the stereotypes and the this, that, and the other, you know, no need to get into it. Everybody at this point knows that stuff was out there. 
So yeah, man, we have come just such a long way. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's very refreshing and relieving <laughs> in a lot of ways to see that we've come so far and that we're teaching new lessons and that oh, yeah. there are kids that will grow up with diverse perspectives, diverse lessons and seeing diverse people, you yeah. know, and it just being normal for them. So that's a, a very, very, yeah. Cool it's thing. it's almost like it, it switched from like, this is what I want my life to look like. I want to be married to a prince or I want to be rich. I want to be royalty to, I relate so much to this person and their story. And that is such a mm-hmm. beautiful change in how things are done with animated films, you know, cause it's like, instead of like, Oh, I wish that this was my life and whatever. It's like, Oh, this, this is me. So this definitely is my life or it could be in based on my personality, not just like my, you know, I'm only good if I'm married or if I'm a prince or a princess or whatever, Like, I just, I love how much that has changed over the years because, I mean, how many stories can you look back on in your childhood to say, like, I relate to that character in the Disney movie. It's more of just like, oh, they're such a lovely princess. Yay. I want to be like that. But now they can actually just be like, that's me. That's totally me right there in this film. And that is awesome because kids need that like not that you shouldn't have dreams to aspire to but you're also not putting yourself in this box of if your life is not this fairy tale then that means it's worth nothing you know it's it's like you could still have adventure you could still have these friends that are your family you can still have these fears that you deal with that you overcome and that's the important things in your life and I think that's just so great no, very true. Very true. Um, Team totally friendship. With all of that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Team that was friendship. awesome. He said, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that was great. And yeah, like all just, it, it's just so great to see that, man. It, yeah. it really is. When you think about just the history of it and where we've gone from, from then to now. Yeah, man, you, you love to see it. Oh, yeah. You definitely love to see it. For sure. Well, with that being said, any other thoughts on Puss in Boots? Um, No, just wanted to add that I think it was awesome that they uh, taught Perito how to do the the eye trick. <laughs> the big eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that and was a really funny moment. With it, yeah, his and his struggle with it trying to make it happen yeah. was, was was pretty great. Yeah, where he's like oh. trying to be cute and he's just like really looking crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then um I was gonna mention uh Jibbity Cricket. Uh oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. The whoever decided we're gonna have Jibbity Cricket trying to be the conscience for Jack Horner. My goodness, that was hilarious. Like, that was great. <laughs> I don't think you should do that, Jack. I mean, Jack, these people are human beings. They <laughs> they have lives, Jack. I mean, I just don't think I just don't think you should do that. And then he yeah. would just ignore him or not listen oh, to yeah. him. And then finally when 
uh, he was like, man, you, you are irredeemable. You don't have any, you don't have any good qualities, do you? And then he was like, took you long enough or whatever he said. I mean, it was great, dude, that back and forth with them and him trying to be his conscience, like it could not getting through to him at all. That was like, just, great. yeah, I was, the, the, I was trying was to look great. up who that the voice was and, and like the name of that character is ethical bug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So because funny. they couldn't say, yeah, yeah, because they couldn't say Jiminy cricket. Cause that's kind of a Disney thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ethical bug. That's but I also great. think it's funny. I mean, and unless it's just me making this up, like they gave him the voice of Jimmy Stewart like the actor Jimmy Stewart, didn't they? Like he huh. sounds exactly like him. The guy from, uh, you know, uh, what is that movie? That Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. That guy, like yeah. they gave him his voice. And I feel like that was because he's, he's supposed to be Jiminy Cricket, but Jimmy Stewart, like, I don't know. I feel like that's why they gave him that specific voice. Cause I'm like, it was too like dead ringer for a Jimmy Stewart person for it not yeah. to be on purpose, you know? Um, yeah. And I thought that was hilarious because everything he said was just so much funnier because they gave him that very specific Jimmy Stewart voice. So I, I thought that yeah. was kind of, especially because if you can't be called Jiminy Cricket, you know, you're just ethical bug. It was kind of like a way to prove that's who that was supposed to be. I don't know. It was very yeah. clever how they did that. Yeah, very clever. And just... That was just hilarious, man. Every time they had a scene, I was laughing or it just made me smile or it just made me go, man, dude, this, the, the ethical bug is really trying, man. But he's <laughs> he, just not he did his through. best, you know, he did. He did. He really did. And who was, uh, who was the voice of, I was trying to think of who the voice of baby bear was. And that's the only voice or the only actor name I didn't recognize. Samson K.O. was the voice of Baby Bear. And I'm not sure, I don't know if I've seen him before, but I, I, Baby Bear was a great character too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed all of the bears mm-hmm. and, and especially all of their banter back and forth with Goldilocks. And then that was funny too, how one of them, you know, would, would, would say something and then she would go, too hard. And then the other one would go, well, yeah. Goldie, blah, 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 <laughs> too soft. And then the other one would go, like, they kept doing that theme of, oh, it was too, like, with the porridges, oh, this one was too hot, mm-hmm. this one was too cold. That one was just right. Because, you know, that was a big thing when you were oh, reading yeah. the, the the Goldilocks stories and stuff like that. So I love how they kept going to that reoccurring theme. And and they tried to do that with all the characters like Jack Horner. Of course, he had to stick his thumb in a pie and do all of that kind of stuff. You know, they just, I love how they incorporated their very unique character traits from the original story, but just found such a funny way to do that, you know, just Mm -hmm. with with, with just the funniest things, you know. Also, this movie just made me want like a live action movie that has Olivia Coleman and Florence Pugh in it. That's kind of where I'm at with it because you got you got the voices of like two of the best actresses right now (laughs) in your in your film. And I just need a, a live action movie with them in it. Man, that would be great. Yeah, Right. Definitely. 
But anyway, that was all I had to add. I'm glad you brought up uh, Ethical Bug because Ethical Bug was great. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad too. I'm glad I remembered him because I would have been sad if I hadn't said anything about him. Right. But uh, with that being said, this episode has come to an end. So please be sure to follow us uh, where we're here to let you know that we are cinema underscore slayers on Instagram. You can follow us at cinema slayers podcast on Facebook. We also have the cinema slayers podcast uh, videos on YouTube. So we always will, after we do every recording, we always have a video presentation of each of these recordings so that you can watch them on YouTube at your leisure. Um, and we're on all of the major platforms like Spotify, um, iTunes, all of those major places you can find the Cinema Slayers episodes. So please give us a like, give us a listen, and interact with us. Tweet us, you know, yeah. insta us, Facebook us. Let <laughs> us know how we're doing. Let us know if you liked Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, hope you saw it. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, we want to know why. If you hated this movie or just thought that it was the worst movie in the world, I I will pray for your soul. But other than that, I will <laughs> listen to your opinion and find out why in the world, how in the world could you hate a movie like this? So yeah, just long story short, we wanna we all want to hear from you. So uh yes, just remember to do that for us and keep listening to us. And just like Sterling ends every podcast, remember, I once in a freak accident and a slip of words, said that Moon Knight, Moonlight. No, Moon Knight. You said Moon Knight instead of Moonlight. Yeah, Moon Knight. <laughs> You're like, I don't even know moonlight. what I said anymore. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said anymore. See, damn it, Sterling. No, um, just remember that I once accidentally said that Moon Knight is a best picture winner. True. Yes. Play that outro story. You know what to do. Nobody knows anything but you. Oh yeah. Normally this is where we talk during it, right? We usually yeah. Yeah. have one last point, but <laughs> it's we did our last point because oh, there's no. no music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's no music, so it's kind of hard to do uh, to have it. So, yeah, this just wound up being kind of awkward. We're basically just having a staring contest whilst we wait for the outro to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I guess we're okay because now we would have gone well past it. So we could just add all these these nice little audio tidbits in that lead to absolutely nowhere before we officially (laughs) get off the podcast. Oh, and one, yes, before I forget... One thing that we always have to do um, with uh, we're pro pro slut and pro Sydney. I almost forgot that we got to say that. And what's the other thing about tell your friends and your friends, family and your moms and all that. And moms because mothers love uh, they love team friendship, team friendship. There you go. Yeah, they love team friendship. Excellent choice. Excellent yep. choice. All right. See, Sterling, I think we nailed everything, man. So another successful <laughs> episode. We out. <laughs>